0: Welcome back everyone
1: to Movies About Music.
0: That's right. So this is the second half of our show and we are going to be talking about the 2022 Oscar nominations and these have don't necessarily have anything to do with music, movies about music, but it is our Oscar special where we get to talk about the films we want to talk about. Right. And some of them we'll get into the music aspects, but really this is just to cover, you know, the year in movies.
1: We are going to skip over some categories because it's impossible to go through all of the Oscar nominees for all of the ca- categories, obviously. So first we have Cinematography, mm-hmm. Dune, Greg Fraser. Greg Fraser?
0: Greg Fraser, I'm guessing.
1: Greg Fraser. That's a mouthful. Yeah. Nightmare Alley, Don Lawston, The Power of the Dog, Ari Wegner. Sure. Uh, Wegner. We'll, yeah. we'll German him. All right. Or her. <laughs> The Tragedy of Macbeth, Bruno Del Banel, West Side Story, Janusz Kaminski. Right. Mm -hmm.
0: I've seen all five of these. I don't know any of these cinematographers except for Janusz Kaminski. Okay. He's done the Spielberg films. He famously did Saving Private Ryan. Mm -hmm. He's a very good cinematographer. Mm -hmm. So I've seen all five of these. Which ones have you seen?
1: I've seen Dune. I saw The Power of the Dog. The Tragedy of Macbeth and West Side Story. So the
0: only one you didn't see was Nightmare Mm -hmm. Alley. I always try to see the cinematography nominations for Mm -hmm. every year. I don't even need to see the director nominations Mm. or the, you know, best song nominations or best sound or any of that. But I have to see all of the best, the cinematography awarded films. And I did this year. I try to anyway. Just to take a couple of them, Macbeth was really interesting. And the other thing, it's... Difficult to separate cinematography from production design. Right. And I'm just going to judge this on camera and lighting and framing and, you know, th- the work that the cinematographer did mm-hmm. blocking, you know, I mean, a lot of this is directing as well. But in terms of pure cinematography, I thought the tragedy of M- Macbeth was interesting because it felt to me like, I think it's Joel Cohen. It's one of the brothers who mm-hmm. did this film. Joel, yeah. Yeah. He was doing an homage to Ingmar Bergman. Okay. It was black and white. It was very stark scenically, and it was very much faces and bodies moving in spaces Mm -hmm. that were kind of dreamlike. It was a very dreamlike. I think I really did dream about this film after it was over. I liked the film. In terms of the cinematography, I thought it was beautiful. Mm -hmm. West Side Story, it was fine, Mm -hmm. you know, over the last... 10 years, we're starting to see musicals all do the same thing, Mm -hmm. which is this kind of arc camera shot, high crane, you know, moving down to street level and this kind of movement. And then lots of takes to give the editor a lot of Mm. stuff. I thought it was fine. I didn't see anything in the cinematography that really knocked Mm -hmm. me out. Mm -hmm. Nightmare Alley was Guillermo del Toro. Mm -hmm. And for anybody who's familiar with him, it's really, you know, he's very dark. He's a very dark Mm -hmm. filmmaker. I thought it was a really kind of noirish mm. look. Uh, it was kind of del Toro's own take on noir. Mm. It looked fantastic. Power of the Dog, I don't understand the nomination here. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Mm. It was a very standard, yeah. well-shot film. Yeah. Dune knocked me out.
1: Right, totally.
0: And I know that there's like, you know, sets and blue screens and stuff like that. But it just, the cinematography, the scale... Mm-hmm. You know, the sense of scale, it was a huge looking world mm-hmm. that Greg Frazier helped to make um, mm-hmm. cinematographically. Mm-hmm. And to me, this is the clear winner.
1: Had you read the books? Yeah, I read I read the first yeah, book, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, the thing when you're true? reading the books, it's the, it is this very imaginative mm-hmm. world that you v- envision in your mind. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, there's the David Lynch movie too, which is mm-hmm. a little silly and uh, not very good Lynch film. But this was just stunningly gorgeous and yes. massive. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, massive would be the word.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on any of those?
1: I mean, not really. This isn't really something that I think about when I watch movies.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I'm
1: like the basic person in this okay, conversation. Okay, okay. All right. So production design has the exact, exact same five nominees. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, there
0: we go. All right.
1: Um, I'll read the names. Sure. Yeah. Dune production design, Patrice Vermette, set decoration, Susanna Sipos. Wow. Yeah, Nightmare Alley. Production design Tamara Deverell. Set decoration Shane Vio. Mm, French. Okay. I might be pronouncing a lot of these words wrong, but just anyway. do them all French. The Power of the Dog. Production design Grant Major. Set decoration Amber Richards. The Tragedy of Macbeth. Production design Stéphane Deschamps, Deschamps, or Deschamps. Set decoration Nancy Hay, West Side Story production design Adam Stockhausen, set decoration Rena D'Angelo. I have one thing to say about sure. one yeah, movie: yeah. the tragedy of Macbeth mm-hmm. reminded me of a Zara home catalog.
0: Okay, so this is the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know about this for set design. It was, it had a very cohesive look. Mm, a Zara home catalog. <laughs> Well, it's, you know, it's kind of like these, uh, you know, these, are you old enough to remember the Obsession for Men commercials no. or Calvin Klein TV commercials? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so these were ripoffs of Ingmar Bergman stylistic oh. stuff. Oh, And it okay. became kind of a parody. And this is kind of, you know, that that very, you know, you could imagine like a model going, Obsession for Men.
1: Or a Zara Home catalog. Yeah, okay. Off-worthy. So
0: for you, <laughs> a Zara <laughs> Home catalog. <kettle. laughs> yeah, I can see what you mean there. Production design. I, I got to give it to Dune again. yes. By a mile. I, I don't know. Again, I don't know why West Side Story... We're going to talk about West Side Story later. I don't know why this is in this nomination. It's basically the 1950s. How hard is that? Sorry. Sorry, Adam Stockhausen yeah. and, and Rena D'Angelo. But we've done this a hundred times. It was, There was nothing uniquely anything that I felt about that.
1: Okay. So film editing. Do Are we moving on? Yeah. Yeah. Film editing. Don't look up Hank Corwin, Dune, Joe Walker, King Richard, Pamela Martin... The Power of the Dog, Peter Sibaris, Tick, Tick, Boom, Myron Kirstein, and Andrew Weisblum.
0: Yeah, so we, <laughs> we saw all of these except for King Richard. Right. Again, I don't know why power, The Power of the Dog is here. It, I have two ways of thinking about film editing. There's two ways of thinking about the award and the skill of film editing. And film editors might not agree with this, but I do teach film editing, there's two things you have to deal with. One is one is time, and one is the cut, or the series of cuts, and how you cut the film. So you think of a movie like Tick, Tick, Boom. There's one level at which the action's happening, and then there's this other level at which the action's happening, because it's a performance on stage. And then there's almost this third level in some of the musical elements right. of it. So there's three levels... That's what I mean by kind of, how are you dealing with time? There's these three kind of time sequences that you're dealing with. I thought it did it pretty well. I didn't care for that movie very Mm. much, but I thought it's editing was okay. I thought some of the editing in terms of the performances was a little weird. Uh, and that and that brings me to the idea of cuts. So then right. how do you cut the film? Right. And how is your continuity or are you breaking the continuity? Are you doing a Godard like thing, you mm-hmm. know, Godard breathless like thing? Are you being inventive? Again, Power of the Dog, I don't see why the nomination is here. Dune, I thought it was fine. The film editing was good and again it dealt with it, there's a it's a linear time with that film, but It's dealing with half of a novel, which Mm. was kind of weird. I'm going to kind of push that one to the side. Don't Look Up. Mm. Do you have any thoughts on the editing in Don't Look Up? For me, it was like someone on Adderall.
1: Well, I liked it. I like the pace of it. Oh yeah, I'm a millennial oh, who's yeah, been yeah, on yeah, right. Adderall. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I liked it. I thought it was very captivating. A lot of people from my generation on will probably appreciate it. And that's the only mess. The only way to get any kind of content out there in this TikTok generation. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It was kind of frenzied. It was. But it was also everything was like very impactful.
0: And it was really in your face. And they, the weird thing was, they would cut off people's sentences. Yeah. Like someone who has attention deficit issues. Yeah. But I, I agree with you. It kind of lended itself to. Yeah. So I would kind of say don't look up or tick, tick, boom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for mine.
1: Writing, adapted screenplay. Coda, screenplay by Sean Hedder. Uh, Drive My Car, screenplay by Ryuso, Ryusuke Hamaguchi Takamasa Oe. Dune, uh, screenplay by John Sphates. And Denis Villeneuve and Eric Roth, *The Lost Daughter* written by Maggie Gyllenhaal, *The Power of the Dog* written by Jane Campion.
0: Okay, I'm gonna just do process of elimination for some of these. Um, again, they're all they're all fine films. *Power of the Dog*, I'm going to set aside. We'll talk about that yeah. more later. *Dune*, again, it's half a book. I'm going to set that to the side. *Drive My Car* is a three-hour-long film, and it's the movie needs to be three hours.
1: Yeah, you told me that.
0: Yeah. It it's but it's a fantastic three hours. Um, and the way that it's a very patient film. It's also kind of a film within a film. It has a lot of literary references that don't seem overly intellectualized. Okay. The writing is really good. Is and it that,
1: adapted from a Murakami Haruki? Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah, thank yeah. you.
0: Yes. From one short story from Murakami, but then with elements of two other short stories. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give it credit for creativity there, All right. and then the lost daughter, which we were both like.
1: <laughs> well, I hadn't read the book, so I can't say. Yeah, but know, we're yeah. just talking
0: about the screenplay. Yeah, like we can see the screenplay in the film.
1: Uh, this movie deeply traumatized me. I'm like, what the fuck did I just watch?
0: What we we came up with a new phrase around the apartment, didn't we? Yeah, I fucking I, I can, Maggie. Gyllenhaal. No, I said
1: what the fuck, Maggie. Yeah. What the
0: fuck, Maggie? <laughs> This movie, and it was written by Maggie Gyllenhaal, is so exposed, like an open wound. Um, we can talk... I, I yeah. think it's up for other things. We can talk about that later. Yeah. For me, this is up between Drive My Car and Coda. I want to give it to Drive My Car because it's probably the more... How do I say it? The more creative... I could see that. Screenplay. But I just, lo- I just love Coda. Yeah, and it. and we talked about screenplay a lot uh-huh. when we when we did our po- our first half. Everything made sense in oh, the totally. screenplay. It was, it was beautifully perfect. done. Yeah. I'm going to give it to Coda. I would not be disappointed if C- Drive My Car won.
1: Okay, sound. Belfast. Uh, Denise Yard. Uh, Simon Chase, James Mather, and Neve Adiri. Dune. M- Mac Ruth. I'm just completely jumbling up these names. <laughs> Mark Mangini, Theo Green, Doug Hemphill, and Ron Bartlett.
0: I like how you made... That.
1: Belfast sound French. Yeah, I know. Because yeah, <laughs> it started with Denise, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, oh, Denise... Oh, never mind.
0: Sorry, everybody, for butchering yeah. your names, but this is how it's going Really
1: be. sorry. I'm really sensitive about these things, and I can't believe I'm doing this, but this is... I'm cold reading yes, all of this. Yes, yes, yes. No Time to Die, Simon Hayes, Olivier Tarney... Uh, James Harrison, Paul Massey and Mark Taylor, The Power of the Dog, Richard Flynn, Robert McKinsey and Tara Webb. West Side Story, Todd A Maitland, Gary Rydstrom, Brian Chumney, Andy Nelson and Sean Murphy.
0: Gary Rydstrom, he always mixes Spielberg's films. He uh, so he mixed Saving Private Ryan which won an Oscar for best sound. Okay. What's happened this year is they have they're trying to streamline the Oscars. And so what used to be best sound effects and best sound editing mm. has now merged into one category. Really? And these are two completely totally different, different disciplines. Yeah. yeah,
1: I can even tell you that and I'm not even a sound person. Yeah. yeah. And, and
0: Hollywood always gets the sound categories wrong. Mm. What they do is they, oh, music, let's award it for best sound. So I think me crazy. I think best yeah. sound like like Bohemian Rhapsody won uh-huh. for best sound. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. That's not what sound does they're idiots they're idiots the academy are idiots when it comes to sound they just hear music and then that's how they judge things and there's been just crimes throughout like sometimes it it works like i think star wars won for best sound what else saving private ryan won for best sound things like this where they really got it right but half the time they get it wrong so i'm setting aside west side story there's nothing in the sound that was notable power of the dog there's nothing in the sound that's notable. I don't know why Power of the Dog is nominated for any of these technical categories. I'm sorry to those people who worked very hard doing the sound. No Time to Die, which we saw, and mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy that movie very I much. I feel
1: very neutral towards it. It was like, Meh. It was a
0: typical Bond yeah. film. In fact, it was almost like a cliché Bond yeah, film. Yeah, I
1: was like, okay. You know, yeah. yeah.
0: And it was also like almost three hours long. I I didn't care for that movie very much. And I, there's nothing notable in the sound. It was an action movie. So that's the other thing the Academy does. If there's cars zooming really fast, sound nomination. Yeah, it's
1: like, oh, it must have been really hard to do yeah, that. Meanwhile, <laughs> they've got
0: a backlog of library of sound effects that they're just lifting. Sorry, <laughs> sound editors. Uh, so for me, it really comes down to Dune and Belfast. Um, mm-hmm. I thought Belfast sounded beautiful. Yeah, me I too. thought there was some very creative sound design. The thing about this movie that I really liked, and I think this should have got a cinematography award uh, mm-hmm. nomination. Yeah, yeah. Everything is from the perspective of the little boy. Yep. Like you see like when these two women are talking and they're watching TV and they cut off right about the boobs, you know, because he's watching TV while they're having this dialogue. There's tons of shots like that. It was shot with the eyes in the middle of the frame, which you never do. Mm -hmm. But I think that's how a kid sees the world.
1: Yeah, that's beautiful.
0: And the sound, I think, was the same. It was very dramatic. There was some... Ways that the sound is almost like a memory. So Belfast was great, but it can't beat Dune. Mm -hmm. Dune was incredible, incredible sound design. Well, what a world of sound! We
1: also watched Dune at one of the really fancy theaters. Fair, yeah. Fair. That should be noted. We got like free sparkling water and chairs that, like you know, recline, and you take
0: off your shoes and put on these little slippers. Yeah, Yeah. we spoiled ourselves on that Uh day, didn't we?
1: And it had like a surround sound system. That, yeah. Good but point. yeah, in that sense, like. But was, oh my God, what a yeah, world of sound they yeah. created.
0: Yeah. So I would be happy if Belfast or Dune won mm-hmm. this category. But they'll probably give it to West Side Story because they're idiots.
1: <laughs> I mean, that would be really funny. Yeah.
0: Just watch. They yeah. will.
1: <laughs> Visual effects. Spielberg. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> give them the sound.
1: Visual effects. Dune, Paul Lambert, Tristan Miles, uh, Brian Connor, and. Gerd Nevzer or
0: Gerd Nevze.
1: <laughs> Free guy. We
0: should just do like all the names once in English, once yeah. in French.
1: Sven Gilberg or Sven Gilberg.
0: It's probably Sven.
1: Yeah. Brian Grill, Nikos Kalatsidis. Oh, good Greek name. Kalatsidis. Yeah. And Dan Sudik. No time to die. Charlie Noble, Joel Green, Jonathan Faulkner, and Chris Corbu. Or bold, or coke, corbu. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Christopher Townsend, um, Joe Farrell, Sean Noel Walker, and Dan Oliver. Spider-Man, No Way Home, Kelly Port, Chris Wagner, Scott Edelstein, and Dan Sudik. Visual effects, right?
0: Yeah, it's probably v- uh, Wegner and Edelstein.
1: Okay, Wegner and Edelstein.
0: Again, process of elimination. Um, this is visual effects. I didn't see Free Guy. You didn't see Mm-mm. it either, right? And No Time to Die, there's nothing in terms of visual <laughs> effects. Why <laughs> why great, great, even, yeah. great cinematography, I thought. Yeah. Spider-Man was good, It's but it's Marvel. And I feel like we've seen that before. To me, it comes down to Dune and Shang-Chi. And I almost, I I think I want to give, man, it's really hard uh, because they're both so good. um, So amazing visually. But remember when we saw Shang-Chi in the theater? Again, we saw that. Well, we saw both these movies in the theater. Shang-Chi was amazing to look at.
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah. And the landscapes. Yeah, it was a ride. Yeah.
0: It was. But I I do think I have to give it to Dune.
1: Music, original score. Don't Look Up, Nicholas Brittell. Dune, Hans Zimmer, Encanto, Germaine Franco, Parallel Mothers, Alberto Iglesias, The Power of the Dog, Johnny Greenwood.
0: We didn't see Parallel... Neither of us saw Parallel Mothers. So Johnny Greenwood has been doing all of PTA's films.
1: Okay. I'm sorry, but I thought the Dune score was amazing. It was like a score score. This
0: is what I'm getting to. (laughs) So my thing with... Even though we do a podcast called Movies About Music, film scores... I completely tune out, usually. I'm riding the emotion, and if the score is doing its job, it's supporting me in those emotional lifts and dips and dynamics. I don't tune in on the themes that are going on, I just feel them. So it's hard to talk about them. Power the dog, I don't remember anything. Don't look up, I all I, all I can do is see it, yeah, I can't hear too. it. Encanto, yeah. I don't, you know, this isn't music, so I don't remember the, the the score. I don't remember the score. Right. I don't remember the incidental music. I don't right, remember the either. score. Yeah. For me, it's just Dune, and and it's in, by a mile. Yeah. yeah, that was music that I felt and heard. Yeah, Hans Zimmer is a genius. I have some issues with him because I think directors tend to abuse his music. They just kind of cake over mm. their mm. films with Hans Zimmer's scores, and I maybe he has an influence on that. But that was. An incredible score. There's rare movies where I think I could listen to it with the the screen off Uh and enjoy it. And this is one of those films. Mm.
1: Oh, yeah. I could totally see you listening to the score. Yeah. Okay. Music. Original song. Be Alive from King Richard. Music and lyrics by Dixon and Beyonce Knowles Carter. Uh, Carter? Yeah. Sean Carter is um, Jay-Z's real name. Dos Oruguitas from Encanto, music and lyric by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Down to Joy from Belfast, music and lyric by Van Morrison. No Time to Die from No Time to Die, music and lyric by Billie Eilish and Phineas
0: O'Connell. Phineas, probably? Phineas Phineas O'Connell. That's your brother, right?
1: Yeah, I think so. Uh, Somehow You Do from Four Good Days, music and lyric by Diane Warren. So we listened to all of these.
0: Yeah, what did you think?
1: I loved Be Alive. Um, Mm, I think Beyonce Beyonce is reaching some levels Mm, in her 40s. Yeah, I I was, I've never been a Beyonce stan. Stan? Yeah, it's like, you know, you like her no matter what, like, Mm. you you know, you defend her on the internet kind of thing.
0: Like a nation, Beyonce stan?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I've never been, but I'm just kind of like... Oh, wow, she's entering new. You know what? Like, she's turning, she's starting to sound like an actual artist because, like, the biggest thing that I had with Beyonce is that she doesn't write songs. And so you can kind of hear it. You can kind of hear this, like, almost like a K pop idol, you know?
0: Yeah. So she just sounded. I don't like, know a lot of her songs. I'm not a fan. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, she either. just
1: sounded a lot like a really good looking, you know, lead singer from a girl group, which is what she was for a really long time. But now, like, her voice is entering a new. Like Beyonce hmm. era of you know I've lived a okay.
0: life. What about you? I thought it was fine. I thought that the I couldn't avoid like being a little bothered by the production because there was this whole note, kind of stab throughout the song. I really like that. It. W- you yeah. like that? Yeah. To me, I I thought it was too much. I because the actually some of the it was fairly simple chordal arrangement, but there was also some kind of nice turns yes. quarterly, and then her voice sounded. Really good. And I thought, oh, this is actually a nice, nicely written song. But I just didn't like some of the production.
1: Mm, yeah, yeah. Fair. Dos oruguitas from Encanto. What did we think about that?
0: That's fine. I I thought it. the chord progression was very familiar.
1: <laughs> this is what I, I had a thought when I was listening to uh-huh. it. It sounded like they had a lot of corporate people breathing down their necks. <laughs> When they were writing the song and this was probably not the first draft of the song, mm. but it had been watered down oh, to death, interesting. yeah. From a lot of like executives.
0: This happens a lot. Actually.
1: Oh my god, it happens all the time. And then they had to like make it and in the end they produced they ended up producing this song that doesn't sound like anything, but also sounds like everything and is kinda of preachy. Mm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we're gonna talk about the film. A little bit later, um, yeah, I I thought it was fine, nothing. Yeah, it was
1: just like, Meh. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, you know, this is like most the most inoffensive song. Totally. Um, Down to Joy from Belfast, Van Morrison. What did we think about that? Well,
0: I love Van Morrison. Yes, I I, I know you do. Yeah. I I adore Van Morrison and he's been canceled and i don't care. I will always adore him. Everybody Morrison. forgot about that cancellation. Did they? Okay. It
1: was not that big of a cancellation. It's well, it was just, a pretty big
0: cancellation you know, because he wrote a song, yeah, an I mean, anti-vax song. Nice. Van Morrison can do no wrong with me and i really enjoyed the song.
1: I liked it too. Uh no time to die. What did we think about that?
0: I don't. what did you think?
1: I love the song. I I actually listened to it like on my own accord for the the first half of 2020 because this mm. movie's release date got oh, pushed right, back. Right, right. It was supposed to be released in 2020, remember? Yeah, that's right. And so I listened to it a lot. Um, I was also doing a lot of like aerial and pole dancing at the time and it was really good for uh, that. Mm-hmm. And I love the very lethargic kind of <laughs> Gen Z take on the classic Bond chords, like oh, the, major, yeah, okay. the minor major mm, chords mm, and all that. Mm. And I think I always thought that it really balanced off those really chaotic, okay. the, the chaotic chords. Yeah, uh, I thought it was beautifully oh, written. Oh, cool.
0: Yeah. Okay. I thought it was fine. You know how I feel about Billie Eilish. I'm not a fan at all. I don't think there's any movement in her voice. And fine, if the if the kids dig that, more power to them. I just don't like that kind of singing. I agree with with what you're saying. At least not in the theory way that you understand music, but just in the sense of the. It felt like a Bond theme. Oh yeah, yeah. This would be my my pick to be the favorite
1: me too actually yeah somehow you do from four good days okay so okay music and lyric by diane warren
0: why are you laughing
1: because diane warren man <laughs> <laughs> what is this <laughs>
0: 1993 well it's also sung by Re- reba mcintyre yeah. <laughs> i had the can't get more 1993 than that
1: oh my god i mean <laughs> who else do we need like david foster i'm sorry um I was like, man, this is, Diane Warren needs to sit down. <laughs> That's all I have to say.
0: Well, we did talk about it a little bit. Yeah. I thought that the the lyric, there are too many words in the verses, and it kind of, you could feel, almost feel Reba McIntyre stretching because yeah, she knows totally. she has to fin- finish all these words. And then I just happened to do some YouTubing on it <laughs> to see if this is like a, a cover or something. William Shatner, go to YouTube. Four Good Days, William Shatner, he both yep. does the song better by speaking it mm-hmm. and shaming it at the same time. Yeah, somehow, he somehow,
1: reduces, yeah, he Somehow diminishes both the song, shame, but also makes it better. <laughs> and makes
0: it better. It's a magical, you know, Shatner, come on, he's sometimes he's just a magical guy. <laughs> he really is. So, my pick for this would be. I don't really have one. I, I guess me, Mr. Gen X, I, I love the, the down to joy. Uh,
1: my pick would be Billie Eilish.
0: All right. Come on, Billie.
1: Okay, actor All right. in a, a leading... role. Getting into the
0: actors and All actresses. Right.
1: the part that everybody cares about. Yeah. Actor in a leading role. Javier, Javier Bardem in Being the Ricardos, Benedict Cumberbatch... <laughs> I have a lot to say about his performance in The Power of the Dog. So do I. Andrew Garfield in Tick, Tick, Boom, Will Smith in King Richard, Denzel Washington in The Tragedy of Macbeth.
0: Okay, so as we get into these actor and actress awards, Mm -hmm. I have to say that I have a bias. Yeah. And that bias is I'm so tired of all of these biopics. Right. So being the Ricardos is about um Oh, uh,
1: I love Lucy. I love Lucy. Yeah, yeah. I don't care. Right.
0: King Richard Will Smith is about the Williams sisters. Right. Great. They're still around. Isn't Serena still playing tennis? Why do we have a biopic on the on the on the Williams sisters? Yeah, I agree. You know, we saw the trail we listen to the song the Beyonce song and it's kind of like a trailer for the film i feel like i've seen this film without even seeing it yeah i know totally. exactly what's going to happen and i know what will smith's performance is going to be
1: <laughs> okay so we have another bias is that we both hate okay, will okay we have smith. another
0: bias and will you can discard our opinion because we have a bias against will smith because to me he is just the campiest yeah. person in the world always doing camp the one movie he did that I liked was Six Degrees of Separation, and uh-huh. that's it. Has he made any other good movies? I don't. I can't stand his face. I can't. I just can't. I can't. Okay. So yeah. I didn't see the biopics. Okay. So Benedict Cumberbatch, <laughs> go for it.
1: I feel like he did not need to be in this movie. He did not. We was, don't. I thought need it was bad to, casting. Yeah. Okay. So we don't need to continuously cast these Brits for very specific American-, American-
0: uh, rural yeah. yes Said hollywood stop it especially I agree with you 100%. when
1: they are not good at it i can understand okay if you his really accent. need tom hardy for some shit what was
0: his what was his I don't western know. It american was the accent most
1: forced bullshit i had ever heard and he was so stiff and weird he was really weird and walking I...
0: around in those strange <laughs> chaps
1: I liked Andrew Garfield you know, in Tick,
0: Tick, Boom. We both kind of did a... A diss. We did a diss podcast on Tick, <laughs> Tick, Boom yeah. because neither of us liked it. I think you liked it a little bit more than me. I just didn't I didn't think it was a very good movie.
1: I don't think you're a Jonathan Larson kind of dude. I'm not. Yeah.
0: But I thought Andrew Garfield was really good in yeah,
1: it. Yeah, I, I thought so too. I think he's going to... Grow into a fabulous actor. I think you know?
0: he is too, and yeah. I would not be upset, even though I I thought the movie was poor. Right. I, I I would not be upset if he won yeah. for this.
1: What did we think about Denzel?
0: Denzel, Denzel in the that. tragedy of Macbeth, Macbeth was Denzel.
1: Denzel. <laughs> yes, I agree.
0: Not a lot of stretching going on. Right, uh, and that's fine. He seemed basically annoyed by his own madness, <laughs> which is an interesting take. <laughs> I love Denzel Washington. (laughs) Me too, yeah. (laughs) Um, But it it was very Denzel Washington.
1: I agree. Yeah, there's nothing much more to say about that. This is a weird category because we've only seen one movie, but I still want to talk about it. I do too. Yeah. Uh, Actress in a leading role. I want to talk about the nominations, actually, um, because I feel like... Somehow we have like a 100% white woman.
0: (laughs) Not only that, but three, again, three out of the five nominations Mm -hmm. are biopics.
1: Yeah. Jessica Chastain in The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Colman in The Lost Daughter, Penelope Cruz in Parallel Mothers, Nicole Kidman in Being the Ricardos, Kristen Stewart in Spencer. We've only seen The Lost Daughter.
0: Yeah, let's just give it to Olivia Colman. I thought she was fantastic.
1: Yeah, I thought so too. Um, but I, I just, I find it really interesting that they do these things where they would give, like, they would throw a bone to, like, a minority actress. Like, you know, last year it was, like, what, Yunya ye for Minari Supporting Actress. But then this year, they threw enough bones last year, and so now they're going to revert back into what they do, right? I think this nomination is, right. you know, I don't care. I have no dog yeah. in this fight, but I just find it really, really interesting. Because what about, like, I don't know, there were so many movies... I mean, I don't. I can't really think of any from the top of my head, but uh-huh. I'm pretty sure.
0: <laughs> well, I like all of these actors. I like Jessica Chastain. I think she's great. I think she's right up there as one of the best women working in yeah. film right now. Olivia Colman, I think, is probably the best woman acting right yeah, now. Yeah. Penelope Cruz, right up there. Nicole Kidman, you know how I feel about Nicole Kidman. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love her, and so do you. Kristen Stewart, I will watch her in a movie just because I find her fascinating. Yeah. So all of these actors I love.
1: Yeah, me too. And I actually, three of my favorite actresses yeah, are in this. Yeah. yeah. But it's just an observation that- Yeah, I totally. To I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. Are we ready to move We're on? We're ready. Okay. Actor Wait, in a-
0: I want to do a pick. Oh, we, no, we can't do a pick. Yeah, because
1: we haven't seen shit. Yeah. Actor in a supporting role, Kieran Hines in Belfast, Troy Kotsur in Coda, Jesse Plemons in The Power of the Dog,
0: Plemons, I think.
1: Plemons. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I know who that is. That's um, Kirsten Dunst's husband. Yes. J.K. Simmons in *Being the Ricardos*. Cody Smith McPhee in *The Power of the Dog*. I have my pick right away.
0: Okay. Well, we should say we didn't see *Being the Ricardos*. Right. And J.K. Simmons, I can't. I can't wash I can't. myself from from Whiplash. Yeah, me neither. You have a pick. Yeah. Go ahead.
1: I think it's a no-brainer. Troy Kotsur in *Coda*.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I have one that I absolutely want to eliminate other than J. K. Simmons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that and that's Jesse Plemons. Okay. Who yeah. is a fine actor. Yeah. He's a great character actor. Love him. Yeah. He did too. nothing yeah. but stand around. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing there was no agree. development in his character at all.
1: He had to put up with um Benedict Cumberbatch. Though. Yeah, he did.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Cody Smith McPhee was an interesting actor. He was the effeminate right. boy. I don't want to spoil it for you, but um he was fine. Fine. Kieran Hines, classic supporting actor that would win, you know, kind of a thank you very much award since yeah, he's been yeah. around so long. Uh, I would give it to uh, Troy Kutzer.
1: Yeah. Actress in a supporting role. Mm-hmm. Jessie Buckley in The Lost Daughter. Who who did she play?
0: She was the mother, the younger mother.
1: No, that was Dakota Johnson. The younger mud- mother? With yeah. Her. Oh, the younger in Olivia In the flashback, oh, Okay, the younger okay, okay, Oliva- okay, got it, got, Olivia got, it, got, Coleman it, got character. it, got it. Yeah, okay. Yeah um ariana DeBose in west side story that was anita right yep yeah uh judy dench in belfast kirsten dunst in the power of the dog Angenou ellis i don't know if that's how you i don't know who yeah, that is i think it's pronounced ingenue She's ellis She's
0: probably either serena or in venus king richard okay I, that's a guess i don't know
1: okay so we didn't see that anyway so we don't we didn't see comment. king richard we yeah. saw the other four what do you think
0: Oh, let's see. I'm going to knock off Ariana DeBose. I'm
1: going to knock off Kirsten Dunst. Good. Who just Even though like I like Kirsten. her. Yeah, I love she her. Was, she yeah, was, but she, she, well, had, she better yeah, had better performances. She, yeah, she's
0: had better. It was kind of, a I think, a difficult role to play. Mm-hmm. But I agree that it's probably not up there. I wouldn't be surprised at all if she won. I think my pick is Jesse Buckley. Yeah, me too. And, you know, we talked about editing before and two two planes of time going on. I think that The Lost Daughter should have been nominated for Best Editing, and it didn't. That was a fantastically edited film because of the way the times kind of weren't just separate. This is regular time, and this is the flashback. The way times jutted between each other and to help tell the story, that's a really difficult craft. Yeah. And this should have been nominated for Best Editing. I thought she was fantastic. She didn't have a lot of scenes. Mm but she kind of carried the film in a sense. Totally, yeah. Uh, not, you know, I thought she was equal with Olivia Colman, mm-hmm. but it was just those two, it's almost like two characters in a film who didn't have any scenes together who both carry the film.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. And so
0: I would be really happy if Olivia Colman and Jesse Buckley both won, as hard as that film was to watch.
1: Uh, directing.
0: Okay, so now we're getting in the, into the two the big, big ones. ones yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, directing, Belfast, Kenneth Branagh. Uh, drive My Car, Ryusuke Hamaguchi, Licorice Pizza, Paul Thomas Anderson, The Power of the Dog, Jane Campion, West Side Story, Steven Spielberg. Let's eliminate West Side Story. I'm
0: <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So here's how I think about it. Yes. I would agree with you that West Side Story does not deserve a directing nomination. Mm-hmm. I would agree with you that Jane Campion shouldn't be in the directing category because I think it was a very average film. I think without question, Jane Campion is going to win. And if she doesn't win, Steven Spielberg is going to win. This is my prediction. Okay. That said, that's the politics of Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't see Licorice Pizza. I love PTA. I don't know that for some reason that movie didn't grab me. I didn't really want to see it. Belfast. Now he has a chance to win too, you know, for the same kind of nostalgic reasons. I think he should
1: win. I mean, but then nobody. You know what? What I think doesn't matter. But like, I think if I were to be granting this award.
0: Okay, so I have two ways of thinking of this. (laughs) For me, it's Belfast or Drive My Car. So it's either Kenneth Branagh or um, Hamaguchi. Hamaguchi. Yeah, Yeah. I think the the more artful direction. What? See, I can't even say. I can't even put it in that way. The Drive My Car is is a crazy, exceptional film, Mm, mm -hmm. and I think that this film should be locked up Mm -hmm. and put somewhere Mm -hmm. on a very high pedestal. Mm -hmm. It's just fantastic, and again, it's three hours. But it deserves its three hours. And it's a work of love for this guy, obviously. But I'm kind of with you. I would give it to Belfast. I think that's another film where the director's obviously in love with the subject matter. And it comes through. And that that kid.
1: Oh, that kid was so adorable. He was so great. That's cheating, casting a kid (laughs) like that. Yeah. He was amazing.
0: He was fantastic. Yeah, it just brought that one. It's kind of like Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing. It brought this one neighborhood to life yeah you know yeah. and I thought it was I thought it was great, so I would be happy with either Hamaguchi or Branna winning this award
1: okay best picture. I never knew what that meant, dr jim batche what best picture what is that award referring to?
0: It is the best movie of the year, according to the academy, so
1: they're awarding the producers, <laughs> yes, because the
0: producers are the money,
1: okay, got it, yeah, all right.
0: classic Hollywood, that's the way. It was originally Definitely, done. Definitely, yeah. So back in the old days of filmmaking, the producer was really in charge of the film. Yeah, yeah. And then you would get somebody to direct it and just, you know, bring yes, it to life. yes. Nowadays, directors have far more power yeah. than producers, but they still give credit. So it's, it's a standby of the old Hollywood way, I think.
1: Okay. All right. So best picture. I'm not going to name all the producers. Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, West Side Story.
0: So neither of us has seen King Richard and Licorice Pizza. Right. You've not seen Nightmare Alley and Drive My Car. So looking at these, hmm, what would I be happiest with winning? Or what do I think is the best movie? If it's a matter of the best movie, either Coda or Drive My Car. You know, the thing, let me me think of this another way. With each movie I was watching this year, so let us let me just give an assessment of what I think of the movies nominated this year. I think there's a lot of fine films. I don't think this is the strongest year. I think that West Side Story, I don't understand why it was made. Me neither. We watched it, and we as we were watching it, we were wondering why this movie is being made. <laughs> yes. First of all, <laughs> the thing that really upset me about this movie, and I couldn't unsee it and I couldn't get into it from there, mm-hmm. the original West Side Story is fantastic. The scene when the two meet, You're right? They again, it's a retelling of Romeo and Juliet. Everybody knows that. They, they meet and they fall in love, love at first sight. The original movie, it's in the dance hall and they do what musicals are supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Everything falls away, and they open up a world within the world. Mm -hmm. That's what musicals do. And they enter into this world, oblivious of everybody else. That's why musicals are fantasies. Mm -hmm. And they have a moment together. Right. In Steven Spielberg's vision of a musical, Mm -hmm. they have to go behind the bleachers. Yeah. And separate themselves, right? Because according to Steven Spielberg, I guess a musical is a literal thing. Yeah, yeah, I I, know, I noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> when I saw that, I just couldn't anymore, and right. and you know, but I still tried, you know. I just feel like everything was already done and done better in the original.
1: Okay, so confession time. I'm not crazy about the West Side Story to begin with.
0: Oh, okay. I love
1: the music. I listen to the soundtrack a uh-huh. lot, but I'm not crazy about it. I like movie. the f- I
0: like the film because I also like uh, Romeo and Juliet and I think it's interesting.
1: I would rather watch Romeo and Juliet. Sure. Like I'm not crazy about the the idea of the story itself. Like I feel like this is not the realest of problems based on my understanding of like New York immigrant history. <laughs> Like I was, you know, because I, I read mm-hmm. a lot of books about like the early New Yorkers and, you know, different neighborhoods and whatever. And I was just like, nah. but anyway, just hypothetically speaking, let's say that that was an actual thing that serious. I just never really, it was never really interesting to me. But um, I love the the songs, obviously. Beautiful. Mm. And all, the in the original... The casting was, you know, despite Natalie Wood not being actually Puerto Rican and mm-hmm. all that, like I felt like it was very convincing. Yeah.
0: I thought she was the good. The chemistry.
1: But yeah. There was the no chemistry. chemistry. That's right. <laughs>
0: Thank you. There was no Okay, so this the the guy mm. was the guy in Baby Driver. Yeah. I I like that movie. Yeah, me too. He was terrible in this movie. I'm sorry. No, Th- I was there was just
1: like why are you here? Zero
0: chemistry <laughs> between the two of them.
1: Yeah, it was just very like blah.
0: Yeah, and what and Steven Spielberg didn't change anything. Right. Like, there's why didn't you create a different setting? Or, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't understand yeah. it. So that's that. Power of the Dog. Now, this is, okay, this might get me canceled. Not that I'm worthy of canceling. A bit of history. Brokeback Mountain mm-hmm. is a fantastic film that should have won Best Picture mm-hmm. when it was up for Best Picture. Yeah, I forget what year that was. Instead, the movie Crash won, which was a which was a pat on the back to Hollywood. And history has not looked kindly on this right, decision. Right. Brokeback Mountain, fantastic film, should have won. It didn't. Moodlining comes along, and it's a it's a lesser to me. It's not as good of a film because, in part, it's derivative. Yeah, yeah. And because it's somehow shocking for black men to be gay, I, you know, yeah. That one Best Picture. Now we get to the power of the dog, which is the same theme of a, of a manly situation and a repressed homosexuality. Uh. They're gonna do it again. I think Power of the Dog is gonna win. Okay. And it's not a great movie.
1: It really isn't. Jane
0: Campion is a great director.
1: It was a great. It had like comedic, you know, elements to it. In when you think about Benedict Cumberbatch's acting.
0: Yeah, and also just the whole. Because yeah.
1: I was laughing at it.
0: Yeah, I lot. was too. It was also just, you could see where this was going. Totally. Nightmare Alley is a fantastic film. And I think that Bradley Cooper should have gotten, he's also a producer on this, I think he should have gotten nominated for Best Actor. Mm, okay. He went through a character arc. And it's, you know, again, it's a noirish film, you know, where the, the man meets the film Fatal and his life falls apart. Yeah, yeah. And his life fell apart. Yeah. And you can see it coming, you can predict the end of the movie, but still he carries it. And he carries this arc tragically and his scene at the end you didn't see it and I'm not going to spoil it but he kind of laughs uh-huh. at the lowest point of his possible existence and it was beautiful
1: well I think that Bradley Cooper is an amazing actor I've, he's got better so and better. many yeah. movies where I was like oh my god he's amazing but I don't think he's going to get an Academy Award for really long for decades yeah, to come so because too. he's hot and the Tom Cruise
0: the Tom Cruise
1: Yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio deserved an Oscar so many times. And like because he was hot, like they never gave him an Oscar.
0: Right. So Dune, Uh I feel like is half a movie, Um, even though it's an exceptional accomplishment. It's kind of like makes me think of Peter Jackson with the Lord of the Rings films. Yeah. You know, like you can't really single out one of the films. I agree. It's half a film and it's a beautiful half a film. Don't look up I, I'm conflicted by this film. I know that it's gotten a lot of shit for. Uh, Hollywood press has gotten a lot of shit for oh, really? for the re- for the negative reviews, uh-huh. and people think it's because it's shaming the Hollywood press. Right, right. I'm not sure that's entirely the case. I think it's getting negative reviews because it's a weird movie.
1: Well, I think it was a great Netflix movie. It
0: was a yes. Okay, thank you. <laughs> It's it's a total Netflix movie yeah, it's a and, great it's a, Netflix and it's and it's a good it's a good Netflix movie. I again when I when I see ideologies coming through a film, I like allegories, you know. Like like whatever kind of poetics you're trying to say, whatever trying, kind of politics you're trying to say, you should do it poetically. That means it should come through mm-hmm. the film. You should never state your politics. I thought this stated its politics Clearly, too much yeah. and having all of the good people, the so-called, my my cousin Kevin calls it the good whites, having all the good whites sit around the table and have this reckoning mm-hmm. together, you know, all the scientists, the experts, the know-it-alls mm-hmm. was too much.
1: Yeah. And because it the world is not divided into two. It's not yeah. divided
0: into two. Thank yeah. you. And there's this don't look up, don't look down thing that completely played on the divide. People are not divided. They're divided because of Things like this that are trying to divide people.
1: And it's not... It's much more complex. And people are much more complex. Exa- and people yeah. are more
0: complex, exactly. And
1: in that sense, it was a great Netflix movie. It was kind of like... Like Squid Game is a great mm. Netflix series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it a a grand work of art? I don't think so. Right, like it, I agree. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Don't Look Up is right up there with Squid Game.
0: Right. Belongs... Whereas Parasite is a great work of yeah.
1: art. Yeah. Netflix should have its own awards show.
0: It should, yeah, like the MTV Awards. Okay, so my three, and I haven't made any decisions before this, are Belfast, Coda, and Drive My Car.
1: Okay. I feel bad that we didn't watch Licorice Pizza, because I feel like we should
0: have. You know, I'm thinking about that now, that we should have watched it. And I think it's a subject matter that you and I both like, which is kind of the... I think it's the 90s? I'm not quite sure. It's the 70s. 70s, We both like the 70s, too. But for some reason, the premise didn't hit me at all. And it's... Actors I don't know anything about, you know, I really don't like movies where there's kids, you know, who are not trained as actors being actors. Kind of like um, Richard Linklater does this all the time.
1: Well, you know, I heard the story behind the casting. Chloe Zhao does this all the time. Yeah, go ahead. The casting behind um, Licorice Pizza, they cast, they ended up casting one of the Chaim sisters. I don't know who, if you know Chaim. No. Chaim is a band. Mm. three sisters um they're great they're one of my favorite bands and i think the guitar player was cast in it mm. she's like the middle sister she's not even like the most popular Heim sister um because i think danielle the lead singer guitar player and the bass player sister is really popular because the bass player sister has like a very outrageous bass face but anyway that's mm. another okay. topic <laughs> but I heard that they casted her because they couldn't find a real 70s face in the industry okay. because a lot of actresses have had plastic surgery.
0: Oh, interesting. And
1: they wanted a natural 70s face. Okay. But it's impossible at this moment in Hollywood to find a natural face. And he was gung-ho on finding a natural okay. 70s face. Mm. No Botox, no fillers, yeah. no plastic surgery, no fake teeth even. Yeah, yeah, and that's why she was casted. Oh, okay. So I, I was interested in seeing this movie.
0: Well, maybe we'll watch it. Yeah, and yeah. And then maybe on our next podcast, we'll um, give a nod to it. So yeah, for me, it's Belfast, Coda, or Drive My Car... So I'm going to go with Coda. Okay. Because that movie I, with all of my heart, love. Me too. Yeah.
1: I I, I loved Belfast too. I did too. But I have to say Coda made me feel things. Yeah, it made me feel all
0: of the feelings. Yeah,
1: and I don't feel a lot of feelings nowadays. (laughs) I
0: think Coda, I think it has a chance to win. It's interesting because it's an Apple production, you know, like streaming Mm -hmm, services mm -hmm. are starting to get more and more... There's still a like a negative attitude about Netflix. Yeah. I think people are more amenable to Apple and they're buying up content like crazy. They've got all the money in the world. They bought this film outright and distributed it. Good for them. But this is a movie that I think will touch people deeply. Try to keep yourself ignorant of this film before going into it. So I guess that kind of brings us around to the beginning of our podcast yep. Is is I loved... Coda and you did too and it's just a fantastic film and I think it's just what cinema's all about. Yeah. And it's a great movie about music. So that's kind of my take.
1: All right. Movies about music.
0: I do want to mention one other thing. We saw one of the documentary films. Oh yeah. And we both loved it.
1: Oh, Summer of Soul. Or, when the revolution could not be televised.
0: Name the producers.
1: Okay, Amir Questlove Thompson, Joseph Patel, Robert Fivolent, Fivolent, and David Dinerstein. Oh my god, we were transfixed. We were,
0: we were both...
1: I was like, damn, I would have really liked to have lived in the 60s. 69? 69. Yeah, it was 69, yeah.
0: right. The year I was born.
1: Yeah, and I was like, oh man...
0: Yeah, because you liked all the clothes and all the... I loved the
1: clothes and the music. Oh, the music was so good. That's my jam. Yeah. I was like...
0: And it was like real gospel. Like, to give you the, the idea, everybody knows about Woodstock. That same year, there was another concert that was given in Central Park in New York.
1: No, in Harlem. Sorry. Marcus Gravy Park in Harlem.
0: Okay. But right there, you've got the idea of... Now, it's not all white performers at Woodstock, but... You've got a mostly white show going on that has lived on in history. You've got a pretty much all-black concert.
1: It was a celebration of being black. It
0: was a celebration of being black that was not part of history. And this is, without even saying it, you can know it in your own mind. This is what history has done to black people. Totally, yeah. And so on that level, you've got that. And again, what I was saying, don't force your politics by explaining it. Mm it did it perfectly cuz it showed yeah. the beauty of this music totally and the beautiful concert that this was
1: well you know what they didn't need to explain any of
0: it no they didn't the that's what i'm saying the music and
1: everything else that's like exactly it spoke for itself like you yeah. didn't need to say shit yep. You can clearly see what happened.
0: That said, yeah, there yeah. was a lot. There was some fiery political statements that some people said, and was it Nina Simone? Oh, Nina
1: Simone recited a poem by I forgot who, but you it
0: cannot was... say that shit today. Yeah, yeah. She could. I mean, you could tell that they were feeling their power in that moment, and it, yeah. and it was great. She could not have said that today. But they nobody like, could say what she said today. Well, yeah, yeah.
1: They had Black Panther.
0: Um, yeah, the Black Panther was running security. Yeah, it was running security. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh man, I just love because I love the radicalism of it. Oh, oh my it God. was, it, yeah, so it good. was,
1: it made me feel all, all the feels. Yeah. I was like, man, we, we have devolved it. as a species. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it, it, it's just this, I love that, you know, there's this idea of deviant art and, yeah. and um, art that expresses things that are not politically correct. And they were doing it on that day. Yeah. And it was beautiful.
1: It was beautiful. It was that the energy was right. Mm-hmm. People. Mm-hmm were having a good time, but people were also like, you know, there was some shit going on back then, and
0: yeah, you could feel it as an outpouring.
1: Totally, and they were really happy to be there, excited, but there was also like a a celebration
0: togetherness community, yeah.
1: Yeah. And now people are getting trampled on at Travis Scott concerts. Mm. (laughs) That's just it makes me really sad. Where has this world gone? Yeah, and I'm just like. The the saddest part about the Travis Scott concert, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to bring this up because this was the most disturbing thing that has happened in music to me. He has a lot of followers and he has a reputation, apparently, of inciting violence during his concerts, like right? telling his um, fans to beat people up and like, you know, whatever. And then at this concert, Astroworld or whatever, there were deaths with like the crowd like moved too quickly and he was like you know encouraging them to like step over people and like i did hear about this yeah yeah. and people were dying and he still continued to perform what i'm concerned about is like how art and music has devolved to the point where all these people were going to see fucking travis scott and i was like and when i saw summer of soul i was like you know they were pushing to see like who was it the singer from the temptations he was really popular you know he, and he could sing oh my god but then nobody like you know was trying to kill anybody right you know like yeah. it wasn't the and then they were like oh you know you need to you guys need to settle down we cannot continue this performance because
0: they were getting riled up
1: yeah if in a you good continue, way yeah and i was like see that's how it there were more people there than there were at fucking astroworld for travis scott and i was like see like people knew how to like do things back then I don't
0: think there's a sense of community in in shows today
1: dude we are devolving as a species like like nobody's business like this is going to a very dark place Mm -hmm. watch this documentary Mm -hmm. please to see how we could be living if we get ourselves off of this bullshit totally because this could it's not like we can't do this anymore Mm -hmm. we choose not to we could, we could be out in a park enjoying good music. Yeah,
0: right, exactly.
1: <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> okay.
0: I also want to say, you know, I think Questlove uh, did a lot of work, like digging up these tapes. Um, Definitely, I don't think yeah. that they were readily available. He had to do a lot of work, and and the the restoration that they did looked great oh. it sounded great whoever shot it and whoever did the audio recording oh, man. kudos to you because yeah. it sounded it sounds great it looks great just a fantastic film we didn't see any of the short subject documentaries uh, i don't have a lot to say about the international feature films because i only saw one of them we could end up with animated feature film and talk about <laughs> Encanto. Encanto. Yeah. in, in, in And Raya and the Last Dragon.
1: Well, you got into trouble on social media because you said something about Encanto that was...
0: The story made no sense to me. The story (laughs) made no sense to me. So, you've got this family who is apparently like a cartel... And I'm not being racist by saying that. They're a I family. Said that. Yeah. I was you like, <laughs> this is
1: clearly a cartel. Yeah.
0: This is like it's is this an like allegory, a, an allegory right? for, for drug cartels? It's a family with massive power in, yeah. in the community. Yeah, in, the, in the community. <laughs> and living, the community living looks to this family. Total privilege. Yeah. They've got all the magic. They have all they've hoarded all of the magic. And the
1: community looks to them to provide. Right?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But but then what happens? You there know was what? a di- misunderstanding?
1: There was... Okay, so I...
0: Somebody didn't give the love to the kid.
1: Uh, the one... Okay, come on, stop it. One of the Serious? girls... Yeah, one of the, the, the... they. There are a lot of kids, right? There's like Isabella, who's like, you know, a flowery magic girl, and, <sighs> the, and Louisa, who's really strong, and like, mm-hmm. you know, they all have magical powers, like, right? One of them, she is the only person who somehow you know, doesn't have any sort of powers whatsoever, but she's really devoted to her family and so she goes out of her way constantly to prove that she belongs in the family. Right. And that she can be of use. Which right?
0: is it which is a common setup for Disney films and it's fine.
1: I would say that this is the most common storyline in Asian, whatever, in Asian folklore. The child who is not bringing honor to her family (laughs) is the most, is the perennial theme of all Asian folklore. So I was like, at first I was delighted to see this in in another cultural context. I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, you know, we're not so different after all. And so there was like a lot of songs and dances about their magical powers yes. and how they use them and whatever. And she had a song and dance about how she's okay with not having any. And then somehow the power dries up, but then she is like the grandmother and all the, the rest of the family somehow ends it, ends up thanking her for... For like, what? For, you know, making them realize what's truly important. Which is Because now what? that they have... No power. It's family's important, right? Family's important. I think that's what they were trying to
0: say. But they already had family. It's just that they kicked one of them out.
1: Or she left voluntarily.
0: No, they never. The the guy who was buried in the he left voluntarily too.
1: He disappeared because he thought that he was damaging the family or whatever. Okay. Anyway none of this was Donuts. super clear yeah yeah none of the story it's a kid's arc was film not really, it's an animated film. yeah it it, it wasn't and it on obviously they had decided what the moral was gonna be before they wrote this which movie. which is what which is um
0: i think the moral of the film is all you need to do is talk about your feelings
1: yes i think i agree with you you're not wrong I don't know. Yeah, communication and like knowing what's important in life, and it's not, you know, what you have.
0: So, if you're a twelve-year-old girl like this character is, fifteen years old.
1: No, actually, the moral, the morality, the moral of this story is this. I think this is what they were going for. You are valuable, no yeah, matter what. Right. You are of this, equal this value. this is where I
0: thought it was going to go, and that's a better message. Mm-hmm. I thought she was going to, you know, go on this hero's journey where she overcomes and shows everybody mm-hmm. that they don't need the magic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Instead, it turned into this really lame, mm-hmm. cinematically grinding conversation. Mm-hmm. The film ground to a halt for them to have this conversation about a misunderstanding or something. I'm not quite sure. I thought it was going to be about the girl showing them that they don't need this power, that right. they don't need this magic, that the is and the love they have for each other but no, they go and they rebuild everything with their bare hands and blah, 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 blah. And then magically, the magic returns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's the problem with the movie.
1: Actually, now that I'm like recounting what I saw, I don't even know what we watched.
0: I don't like, know I was what like, this movie what was is supposed that? to say. Yeah,
1: what was that? And for me, like just on a technicality note, the sound was really weird. I felt like when they were singing, there were a lot of lyrics, right? I'm gonna la and then you know, I don't have magic, but my sister Isabella has really a lot of magic in and I'm gonna go to the market and But then you can't hear this over the music. And we tried to turn it up and it was too loud, but you couldn't hear any, what you couldn't understand what anybody was saying. I couldn't understand what
0: anybody was saying. And it's not
1: like I have any trouble understanding Spanish accents or Colombian accents. Like I have no, a lot of my friends have like thicker, like way thicker Mm -hmm. (laughs) Spanish accents. But I was like, what is she saying? And there was like a really nasally voice acting thing going on with the main character. True. Yeah. I remember you mentioning that. She is a full adult. Mm -hmm. She's um, the actress in Brooklyn ninety nine. But anyway, she's I think she's in her thirties. Like she's well into her thirties, and she was playing a teenager. And I think her idea of a teenager is like I'm really nasally, like you know, my voice is really underdeveloped, and I sound kind of like a pubescent boy. And she just ran with it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, dude, I can't do this.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So let's compare that to. Raya and the Last Dragon. We love this movie. Mm-hmm. That was a great movie. It's so long since we've seen it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure Encanto is going to win this category. Yeah, probably. I have no doubt. I mean, I haven't seen Flea, uh, Lusa or Lucha and the Mitchells versus the Machines. I haven't seen any of those movies, but I would like to see Rhea and the Last Dragon win. I thought that was fantastic. It was this beautiful m- mythical mm-hmm. journey, great characters, funny yeah. Beautiful. There was an arc to it.
1: They got into trouble for two things. Um, the amalgamation of Southeast Asian culture. That's true, that's right. Second, the casting of mostly Northeast Asian American to play Southeast Asian. But it's a characters. fantasy. I, I didn't it was think creative. that you know, I didn't think yeah. there were any barbaric depictions of a certain No, you know, Not yeah.
0: at all. Nobody was negatively yeah. represented.
1: But for me, it's like I'm just gonna have to defend Aquafina. who played the dragon
0: yeah so she's um
1: she's half korean half chinese sure is peppy from queens she's nora from queens like she has a show called nora from queens i love aquafina and i hate to sound like a hipster but i have known about her since 2011 during her youtube rap days like she's a joke like she's a comedy rapper and i thought that her voice is just so distinct and she, she her has comedic a very timing voice. is just yeah, unparalleled true. and she was in Shang-Chi too and I felt That's like right. everything she touches turns into gold like you know and I think Aquafina only Aquafina could have like embodied the dragon like mm-hmm. I just really liked the energy that that brought in mm-hmm. it was really cute the yeah. dragon low key looked like Aquafina <laughs> Yeah 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 <laughs> and it was just very entertaining
0: mm-hmm. I agree All right, so that's it. Sorry we did not get to the short film, animation, short film, live action. We didn't see any of them. We don't have an opinion. Yeah, documentary, short subject. There's one I want to see called Audible Mm -hmm. that is on Netflix, I believe. I'll try to see that. But I just couldn't get, we we couldn't get to all of these. So that is that. And I hope you've enjoyed this totally freeform movement through the, yeah, ramble fest through the Oscars. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you next time. Under them
1: moon, let us will sing you a song So you'd magically feel a lot less alone Hopefully, they'll live eternally If we paint ourselves all bright with stories Sadness and war Of immeasurable pain Unconditional love Movies about music